Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 136. Greetings and salutations. Oh, likewise. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's it warming is. up after our rather cold week. Mm-hmm. And snow. Yes. Four inches. Yeah. More than I expected. So. Yes. It's a beautiful day. It is. It's Last day of January. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, no. no Last Sunday of January. I was say, yeah. Last Sunday <laughs> of January. Have I missed something here? <laughs> you missed a few days. No, no. Like time flies sometimes. Yes. Much looking faster than you expect. Good football games later today. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. Also looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited about it? Yeah. We're going to head into Ephesians chapter four. We're going to jump in. Jump right in. <laughs> Sit right down. Have a little chat. So. Yeah. All right. Go for it. All right. Well, Ephesians 4, I mean, I was reading it, and one of the things that struck me is we do have, there's several famous things in there, like the fivefold ministry of pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists, digging them all, uh, whatever the five are. I think I said them there. And it's interesting how those can become the focus, yet, as I kind of, sometimes here's a great way I like to study, you know, read through. I'll try to read. I have a Greek interlinear Bible, so just I can't really, really read Greek, but I can kind of read it enough. But it has the English words under it, so it helps you to quickly understand kind of what's the real words there before translation into a sentence. And so I look to look at that, but then sometimes you just got to step back and go, okay, what's the steps through the paragraphs that are happening here? And to try that, to put that into a context of Paul's, you know, actually whoever it is that's speaking is trying to make some points and he's heading to a point or trying to support an idea. And so the question is, what is he really supporting and heading into in this chapter? And as I look through it, I mean, we can. The whole book, you mean? Yeah, really the whole book. Um, so how does this chapter support the whole book? Right. And really, how do the sentences and paragraphs in here form an argument or a discussion and ideas? Because otherwise what happens is often we go into um, religious battle mode and we go pick verses and say, ha, I found this verse and it says this. So this is what this is all about. And it's like, well... Let's read the context. Let's keep going and seeing what's happening in here. Yeah, yeah. Context is so critical mm-hmm. in life. And for some reason, a lot of my understanding of the Bible has been outside of the context of life. And that is my newest pursuit. Like, what does the Bible have to do with life? Yeah. And I think this is a very Not practical... Not the theology or verse picking apart a verse to understand it more fully none of that is bad it's but sometimes the focus of it loses some of the the gist of what the point of you know the point of what's going on just totally the example of pharisees and jesus and jesus trying to bring people back to the point of the law the point of god is life Hmm. and how life comes how life comes to us 
when we are open to things and when we get narrow and focused on things, sometimes we kind of burrow down. Dive, yeah, dive. and get kind of lose lose the concept of the point of life. So yeah, so as we head this, I do want to throw one little thought in your head <clears throat> as we go, and it's it seems like we definitely are hitting a lot on the oneness, the being with Christ, um, and we're going to hit that in this chapter. But I think one of the big emphasis in the chapter to support that idea is. There's a lot of discussion on maturity and growth. What does it mean to be? I mean, it's like, you know, there's a certain aspect where it's put your big boy pants on and live in the things that you are. And the from a legalistic perspective, you can say, oh, you got to perform right or do whatever and all that or else. And it's like, no, if you want to live life and live it abundantly, you got to not be dumb and do the things that are destroying your abundant life. <laughs> That's the Dan Hewitt version. The, yes, the DHV. <laughs> so don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. You know, because that's the thing is he's he's much more articulate than that. So God is loving. Well, that's the thing is God is very loving, and sometimes we think, oh, if God says don't do something, he's being mean and not letting you. And the reality is, and to be honest, not doing stuff isn't a major part of this chapter, but. Sometimes God says, don't do that. Like, don't put your hand on the stove because it's hot and it will burn you. You know, it's just a loving, hey, it hurts when you do that. So don't do that. So let's go look at this. All right. Are you going to thought there before? You... Nope. Nope. All let's right. go. So he starts this and says, as a prisoner, and I'm sure Becky will jump in with the massage version here. You bet. So if, at I, had some the, point... if I had the cat version that Adam gave me last week, <laughs> I precious, would use that, but I'm going to use the, the massage. The precious moments version, too. We can have that. Oh, the well. lolcats, the one he yes. sent us. Is that a real thing? I actually didn't look it up. Okay, I, go. All right. Go in interlinear NIV. NIV-ish. So it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. <clears throat> Maybe Mouth, do you have you read here at this rate? Dan's, yes, having a I'm little struggle today. He's coughing. So, Sorry, my guys. My throat is irritated. Yes, yes. So, do you want me to read? Sure. Let's have you do this for a while. Do you want me to read your version or my version? Yeah, let's read that one, and then you can jump in and say, hey, I like mine better. Okay. And then you can read more. All right. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And I feel like this is absolutely in agreement with what he was talking about when he got distracted with all of the love and glory part at the end of mm. chapter three. But he's talking about Gentiles and Jews mm -hmm. being in relationship with God and in relationship with each other as equals, as all fully loved, fully embraced, fully mm -hmm. designed to live together in unity and bring that unity into the world, which is what we call the kingdom of God. Yeah, I'm going to ask a rhetorical question here for those that are listening. Okay, so I'm it, not supposed to answer this one. Well, okay, you ask. You answer your. You go. You answer yours first. 
Oh, you mean you don't want to answer it? No, this is, I'm asking a rhetorical question okay. to meditate upon. Basically, when he says, what do you, what voice do you hear when you hear this sentence? Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Do you hear condemnation of you better live a life worthy of the calling you received? Or do you hear something more like you've received a lot, be abundant, live in it, do it, make it worthwhile. What's, what's the voices you hear when you hear this? And I think, I mean, you can answer it if you want, but it's something more for the listener to say, when I read these kind of things, what am I hearing in my head and what is being communicated? And I think that's, that's an important thing to figure out. Shall I read Eugene Peterson's what the voice is in his head? Let's see what Eugene's voice says. His head his head says. He says, this is one through three. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. Actually, Paul says this. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God tra- called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. Mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. That flavor to mm-hmm, me is inspiring. Yeah, that's a, not a beat, not a beat down. Mm-hmm. That's a carrot, not a stick. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. All right. So, and again, we just start the chapter with unity. So, he, you know, he says, we're all called. We all have one baptism, one Lord, one faith, one God, one father of all. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't do yeah, you want to keep reading that. Sure. So message verses four through six. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and in pre- and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Hmm. I Now, so here's a good example of a place where I have, I was taught, I took precept ministry mm-hmm. training and leadership training and taught precept, which is a Bible study by Kay Arthur, um, inductive Bible study mm-hmm, where you learn to pick things apart and really go into mm-hmm. the structure of what's happening or whatever. So again, like I'm not against that at all. And so here would be a place where you, where I could tell even in the way that I was reading that I wanted to stop because there's a list here. Okay. There's a list of all the things that you have one of. And so whenever I find a list or a comparison, mm-hmm. that's when I pause for a moment and look and say, what's, why is the writing this way that's trying to emphasize a certain thing? Right. And of course, oneness. <clears throat> one is uh, in front is, of all of them. Is the, to- is the topic mm-hmm. of the list. And here's what you have one. You, you have one master, one faith, one baptism, which I think is interesting because that that would be a place where I would go into do, wanting to do more study like what was the Jewish baptism 
why is mm-hmm. it important that he brings baptism into this list? Because we think of baptism as a Christian thing, not a Jewish thing. Or I do, I should say. Okay. I don't know what, you know, but then, but then that would lead into all kinds of study or exploring about why was Jesus baptized? Why was John the Baptist doing mm-hmm. baptisms? Blah, 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 blah. So that would be a good place to be like, okay, he included that in this list on oneness. So yeah. that must have something that must have been speaking to them at a level that I may not understand. One God and father of all who, and then he goes into the alls. He rules yeah. over all. He works through all and is present in all. Mm-hmm. Everything you are and do is permeated with oneness. So when there's places like that, it is, I feel like an invitation to pause or stop for a minute and let your mind meditate on specific, that specific point there, which mm-hmm. he's been making through, you know, all of, really this is kind of the this is the end of chapter three in my opinion mm-hmm. like he, he did all mm-hmm. of the this is what love is and this uh-huh. is we give god glory but really it's about unity this yeah. book is about unity and right there you are my is where he yeah where he kind of finishes mm-hmm. up the dissertation part of his thesis and then he's going to go into some more practical stuff so that's my two cents on that Good. I I acknowledge your reading there. <laughs> that was excellent. So, all right. So then conceptually, then this is where a switch starts to occur because that has to do with oneness. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to kind of head into equipping and development. I and, think. and some diversity. And, yeah. So here again, like here's a contrast. So we've been talking about oneness and then now we're going to go into but y'all don't look the same right? or have the same gifts I've given you each. So that's yeah. a contrast. That's a point of like, oh, I need to pay attention here t- to what he's trying to bring about. And bring so that's a in. critical point because oneness and, we, you know, we have also perichoresis is the other word we've used. we can conceptually think of that as meaning we all have to be the same. And the point of oneness is not sameness or unit and same with unity. Unity doesn't mean let's all be the same. It means let's all be different and yet be in agreement that we have a commonality to us that we have, that we are not in conflict would be the opposite or, and, I think that's the marvelous characteristic of God is he's trying to bring out, I'll use the word diversity, uh, different ideas, different characteristics, complexity, complexity, all of that and bring it back together. Even in, you know, I know music and harmony and unity aren't the same thing, but I'm going to use them similarly. Sure. It's a harmonious or orchestral bringing together of all these things together and that's what unity well i guess that is unity right so if you're in a in a orchestra you want to all be playing in unity but unity doesn't mean necessarily the same notes but it means there is a togetherness in the timing the flow the movement which key you're in you know all those kind of things tune each i'm going to take it to a choir actually okay because I think that's even more uh, descript to unity. So when you're in a choir, most of the time, a lot of your practice is spent on getting a unified sound. Mm. You're working on what we call blend, or where your vowel shape 
matches the tone of the vowel shape of the person next to you so that the wavelengths are going at the same speed as much as possible hmm. so that that sound doesn't clash in your ears and we're all trying to hit an A440 but some are at A300 or A600 or whatever and you and that's the beauty of a really good choir and a director who knows how to get his choir her choir into a place where those sounds are mm-hmm. unified because if you listen to individuals like say you have a choir of uh, 20, 28 people. Okay. So seven on a part. Um, you have in each, all 28 of those people, if they were just to sing would sound a little bit different to your ear and you could identify a person by the sound of their singing. But when they all come together to make a certain choral sound mm-hmm. with the four part harmony or six or eight or however many parts there are in there, harmony. There can be um, that you're you're making then mm-hmm. a very pointed concerted effort to make your to listen. Oh gosh, this is a beautiful example to listen to the person next to you, and you actually can't think yourself into making your sound do it. You have to rely on your ear, and as you relax, <clears throat> excuse me. As you relax and listen to the person next to you, your body automatically tunes itself yeah. to that per- to those people next to you or the person behind you or whatever. And so it's a it's a beautiful picture of what happens when we when you have unity with people that are different than you, whether it's a different voice part or a different timbre or a different you know octave. And you bring that together into a harmony. And and a, an orchestra is a good example, too. But you've got so much going on right, in an orchestra. Right, has even more complexity to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas a choir, at least you all are working with the same mechanism. Mm-hmm. You're all working with well, the voice. And that matches the James verse where it says, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because we need to listen in order to really process yeah, and, and in the act of listening, your body will naturally know what to do. Your spirit, for, for the choir setting. And I think that's, a, again, a beautiful example. Your spirit, in the act of listening, your spirit will automatically know how to respond to another person. You don't have to have all these things in your mind of how you're going to try to talk to this person or be with this person. All you have to do is listen. Right. Listen to yourself. Listen to God. Listen to that person. And that's what brings an intimate relationship is when you are listening and flowing in that thing. I think it's way easier to do one-on-one than it is in a group. Sure. But. Typically that's that's true. The goal is to try to do it because most of the time, lots of times, you're in a group. Yeah. Especially in a church setting, to be honest, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Interesting. So now we're going to switch gears on this chapter or now paragraph. Go now we're going to go to the next diversity part. part. Yeah, Do you want me to read it, or you want? Yeah. To? Um, let's get to about thirteen. Um, yeah, I mean, we have this weird quote in verse here, which is kind of an odd thing, but it it is the. Yeah, let's go ahead and read all the way to there, and we'll just kind of work through that. Okay. 
This is 7 through 13 in the NIV. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it, or scripture says, and now he's quoting the Psalms, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who is ascended or ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets. Here's another list. Some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. <laughs> until we all reach unity in the faith. That's a high Done. goal. Oh my gosh. I think we're about there. And in the knowledge of the son of God and become ma- mature attaining the full measure of perfection found in Christ. Yeah, that's not happening. Not well on the earth. Maybe not today. <laughs> in, in fullness. <laughs> we're waiting on the fullness part, but that's so And you that's know, the that's the very lofty goal. Yeah, and now the first part starts with kind of that weird quote where I it's one of those you always kind of at least I do. It's kind of one of those sometimes Paul quotes things and you're like, "Huh?" Yeah, because we don't have the context that they did in that so, culture. But, you know, the, the I'm going to just take the part where he says and all that stuff. Jesus descent. It basically says Jesus came down. I'm at this. I'm going to condense it to this for the purpose of giving gifts to men. So he's like, I want to give you something in order to. Again, we're back to this goal of oneness, unity and all this. I'm going to give you all these tools, these things. And then we go into this list of the, you know, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and I skipped one again. Uh, past That's okay. <laughs> apostles. Five is a hard number to remember. We remember yeah, four, see. and we remember even numbers. That's not, yeah. But, anyway. and I know we had a good thing here at church about a month ago, maybe, but we talked about, hit that verse, and one of the things is we, we often emphasize, ooh, those people, ooh, those are the fivefold ministry, and that's the big wigs. But it's like re- the really godly spiritual people right. who know what like, to do in every situation. Right. But it's like, read what it says. It says they are God appointed all these people to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What is their job? Their job is to serve and build up so that the rest of us will be accomplishing the works the things that God has called us to do so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we often emphasize the offices, the gifts, and they're all valuable. They're wonderful. I'm all for them. Yay. Let's vote for them. But it's like, but their purpose is to lift up others. You know, it's a servant role, kind of like Jesus, you know, well, it's a lot like Jesus. You know, we often think of, well, Jesus is the best of everybody. He's like, what's his whole point? If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to be a servant of all. His point is servanthood is greatness. It's to lift others up, to see others, to love others. Because the point is not how, gee, how servanty can I be? Oh, I'm a, you know, (laughs) I'm really a servant. It's like, no, it's how is love expressed? Love is expressed because I defer some things of that of my desires to what you want so that 
you will be blessed. Now, that doesn't mean throw yourself on a grenade all the time. You know, that's not the point. But the point is to love, to be sensitive, to listen, as you said in the previous paragraph, to hear what are the needs of others and to lovingly be a part of the solution. You know, the goal is or not just be a listener or be a listener. You're not, you're Sometimes not that's all solution. it takes. Yeah. Sometimes you're there for them to hear their own voice. Right. But that, we can this all... is the goal of, in my opinion, a good listener is to be there to allow the opportunity of the speaker to kind of talk through what's yeah. going on in their life or their head. And for you to be able to ask maybe some poignant questions to help guide them through that. <laughs> so that they come to the conclusions that they need to on their own. Yeah, I just got a picture there. It's like uh, we don't need to, we need to listen not just so that people can talk and not just so I answer questions or give them a solution. Sometimes they're, because they could just, if it's just about talking, they could just talk out loud and just talk it out by themselves. Sometimes I think conceptually, there needs to be something that sinks. I'm an, that's kind of an electrical term that sinks or grounds those words and pulls them in and absorbs them. And I think us acting in that manner has a greater power than just them talking to the wall. Yeah, it's the face to face contact that we talk that we're also talking about at church where you see reactions in somebody else's face or eyes you see love in God's eyes, you know, through a yeah. person. You see keep going, encouragement, or, huh, questioning, explain that or more. Or that you are known or by somebody. That or you, yeah, that, I mean, there's all these things going on in facial just expressions. To yeah. When you are listening with somebody <clears throat> to somebody that communicates without interrupting their flow of thought as they're talking. Yeah. So, and so again, I don't want to get carried away on the servant stuff. Um, because we can, you know, that's one of those other errors we can get into where, oh, I just, I just am here to serve. And that's all I'm here. And that's kind of the fake. I'm going to call Perduto. For fake humility. If you have that, if you have that tone of voice. I, have, I got a friend of it. I used to work oh, with Perduto. Matt. It was I, a good, game. Good old Matt. Liars game. He had so many funny quotes. One of them was, he was talking about this guy was being very self-deprecating. And Matt said, Wow. I could never be as self-deprecating as you. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just laughed. <coughs> so the subtle irony yeah, there. That, but That was great at those kinds of yes. things. Yes. All right, I want to read this in the message. Okay, you read your massage. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. The text for this is, he climbed the high mountain and captured the enemy and seized the plunder. He handed it all out in gifts to the people. That makes a lot more sense to me. He climbed the high mountain, captured the enemy and seized the plunder and handed it all out in the gifts to the people. Hey, that's a good deal. There's, uh, you know, we had the theme a little, was it in chapter two about the purpose of the church was to show the heavenlies what's what. Okay, yeah. This seems to go back to that. Like he went up to the high places, the places Mm. maybe where there are spiritual beings, Yeah, captured the enemy, seized the plunder, the things where the enemy in the high places was trying to 
misguide or use powerful things to harm people. He sees that plunder and handed it all out as gifts to the people. Yeah. Is it not true that the one who climbed up also climbed down to the valley of the earth? And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up to the highest heaven. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. I'm going to stop one more time. I have also a sinking, a sneaky suspicion, and I have not stated this, so I don't know, but I've heard just enough to know that mm-hmm. the Jewish culture or the Jewish religion has a much different view of heaven than we as Christians do. So that to me is a context piece like yeah and there's some different terminologies too. yeah i just don't have i can't i've heard people that i've known people i've done it myself where i've tried to take some theology out of that and make a make make a assumptions about what does it mean to get gifts from heaven mm-hmm. that i just really don't know what i'm talking about so okay. just take that you, I, for me right now i just have to like take that with faith like Whatever he's talking about to these people in Ephesus that had their understanding of what heaven was, okay. Just know that Christ gave out gifts. And somehow that involved heaven and earth, and I don't know how that all goes. And I don't really want to know somebody's opinion of that, to be honest. (laughs) So don't try to tell me. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor, teacher. So there's really only four. There he, because he says pastor, teacher, well, pastor, apostle, teacher. prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive, like Christ. This is the part that I think is interesting. Until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's son. What that does to me is that frees me up to think I don't have to think like you or somebody else. I don't have to agree with you or somebody else. What you're encouraging me to do if you're one of these big, big wigs is to listen to God. Mm-hmm. You're encouraging me to listen to God and to move in grace and response to what God through Christ is is doing in me. That to me is a place of unity. When we are all listening and responding to God in Christ Jesus, that's maturity. And the the biggies, the gift, the gifted ones here with these prophet, evangelist, apostle, and pastor, teacher, mm-hmm. they are. Their job is to help us listen to God, not to listen to them or not to try to listen to other people. We are all in training to listen to God and then be able to move freely in community with each other based on what God, how God is fulfilling us, how we are Mm. moving in response rhythmically with God and his spirit and how that impacts The world and those who we live and I think in. at some point we all are operating in one or more of those gifts as well I think that's kind of those aren't like these are just reserved for a few special people I think he's saying ultimately we all should be building up in this way but mm, that's an opinion it is could a, be. all or everything we say is an opinion so. <laughs> yeah so Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith Dan. So now, as we go from that, 
here's the alternative is verse 14. He says, then, and this is where I think, this is where it so to me clearly pulls away the legalism of punishment and you're bad and all that. And it's like, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind and teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful te- scheming. Inst- you know, so his point is, when you have maturity, when you listen to God, when we're encouraging each other in a healthy way, you're going to have a stable, healthy life. You're not going to be going around all the time going, oh, what's happening? Oh, what is this guy saying? Oh, what's happening with this? Oh, how come this is going on? Oh, what's, you know, there's a immaturity leads to a spa, an emotional spasm of, oh no, oh no, what about this? Oh no, what about that? Where are we going? What's happening? And all this kind of stuff. And he's saying, you will come to a place where you have stability. Does that mean as a Christian, we never have issues and we don't react sometimes and we don't No, but it means we should be getting to some points of being a reasonably stable person to where we're not knocked around by things all the time that we are, do have maturity, that we're grownups, you know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the goal of God is I want you to be a grown up who has real purpose, meaning, value, and stability, and isn't being yanked around by other people and isn't being manipulated and controlled by things all the time, that you're healthy, that you're good. That I think is with a design of God. Okay. So, so he says, alternatively, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. <clears throat> I love the Graham, the Graham Cook quote about speaking the truth in love that too often speaking the truth in love means I'm going to say this in love, but you're a jerk and here's what's all wrong with you. And his point of saying, no, speaking the truth in love says, this is the things that God says about you. That's the truth. Mm, That's good. The truth is who you are is a value. Who you are is good. And that's what we want to speak the truth to people. So, but we're being built up. So, what else does he have to say? You're going. All right, we'll keep going. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. And I think here he's comparing when he talked about earlier Jews and Gentiles and becoming one new man. I think here there's an implication to the way he's using the word Gentiles as those who have not come to Christ. I mean, it's hard to, you can look at it either way, but I think that Is seems, it the same word? That would well, be a good word study, which I um, probably shouldn't do right this second. The answer is, uh, growth of money, where are we at? Verse 17. Because that seems to go against what he just said. Yeah, actually it isn't Gentiles. It's the ethne amongst the nations. So that's, so scratch that word out of your mm-hmm. Bible. It is not Gentiles. It's the nations or the, you know, that's all the, the other system. people. Yeah. So important NIV error. So he's, what does it have in him? Does he say? What verse are you in? 17. Oh gosh, I was way, I'm way off. No wonder I get lost here. 
And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the okay. empty-headed, mindless crowd. So it's the crowd. They refused for so long to deal with God that mm-hmm. they've lost touch not only with God but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, they let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. Yeah, so that's basically what he's saying is this is where you end up with you kind of had to, it's a watershed. You either head to one place of I'm growing in maturity or I'm tanking and heading downhill. It's kind of a, it's hard to be stable in a somewhat compromised position. And I think this is kind of the warning of, this is where the bad stuff happens if you head the other way. It says you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him. And were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its desires and to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, this is an important difference as he's saying it doesn't say just behave well. It says recognize there is a new you that is fundamentally different and to receive it, that. Go ahead. Yeah, message is a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Mm. That's good. And then we have the thing, therefore, each one of you has put off falsehood, speak truthfully. So now we're kind of getting into some more, and I think the next chapter is going to do it, is more, okay, here are some details on living life with other people. It's going to be a lot of the rest of Ephesians. <clears throat> but he says, do, um, put off the falsehood, speak truthfully to his neighbors, for we are all members of one body, in your anger, do not sin. Let the sun, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. <laughs> this is one of our favorites from early on, right? Uh, this is where we take a verse too literally. So we took this too literally early on in our marriage. You and me, we? Yes. Okay, I know where you're going. Okay, yeah, go which is the, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So it's like if we had an issue and it's 10 o'clock at night, we're hashing this out mm-hmm. until it's fixed. <laughs> and it's like, that is not the time to have a yes. difficult when you were tired and upset. Yeah, that was, we crashed and burned on that so many times till we started to figure out. I don't, I don't you know think what? that Let's not talk about it, you think it. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Right. And I mean, it's a concept, right? And so there's a concept is, you know, deal with stuff in appropriate and timely manner. Don't let it hang out forever. That's the point. He says, don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. Yeah, that's good. Don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Yeah. Figure out what the anger is for and using it. Use it for it's a, it's, it's a passion indicator. Quite honestly, right. usually it's a justice indicator. Yeah, and the next part here, I love this. It says, "He who has been stealing must no longer must steal no longer, but must work, do something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in needs." This was always a big thing for me when I used to discuss grace with people, or are you forgiven? And people would say, "Well, you have to get forgiveness. You got to get back in fellowship with God." All these things. Well, what does Paul say? Paul never, ever, ever says, 
you know, to go get forgiven again, to get, you know, all those kind of terminologies. He says, so you've been stealing, cut it out, get a job, help people. There's not a lot of religion in that one. It's like, cut it out. Have you been stealing? Cut it out. (laughs) Get a job. Start helping other people. It's just so simple, you know, but we want to take this, oh, no, there's a process. You have to go through repentance. You have to get forgiven. You have to do this. And it's like, cut it out and go back a couple verses. Recognize the new you. That's not who you are. There is a new you that has been implanted into you. It is the Christ is in you, dwelling in you, giving you new life. Live that. Put away the old. So, I, you know, he's reading, he wrote, obviously, to a group of people. So this makes me think, that, you know, what these were some of the hiccups they were running into. They were lying to each other. They were angry and holding grudges. They were stealing from each other. And the things that they were saying were unkind. They were being unkind, which we have, it's verse 29. I don't think mm-hmm. you've quite got there. Those are the things that. He's addressing specific things sure. that were a problem for this group of people. Mm-hmm. They were causing problems for this group of people. Yeah. Know your group. What are the things in your group that are causing problems? Hmm. And pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, apostles, address those things yeah, in your in. group. Don't burden your people with all the whole Bible and the whole thing, we got to get it all right. No, no, know your group. Like it's like a family. Know your kids. Mm-hmm. Know what makes them tick, and areas where they're struggling, and be able to encourage in those places. Yeah, I, I might have been Graham Cook again. Either him or or correct even Dan Moeller was correct. talking about how sometimes we'll we have in our heads when we see a person sinning or doing something wrong. that I need to go correct them and fix them on that. And he said, you know, that may not be what God wants to deal with right now. What you see is that you think is the big problem. That may not be the problem. There may be something else that God wants to talk about or deal with. And it's like, you need to wait upon him or allow God to work in him. Or, you know, basically you do not get to be presumptive about, what somebody has to deal with and you need to wait on the Lord again guess what we need to listen and see what the Lord says and it may be that that's not the issue at all and that's not what God wants to deal with and that's not where the focus needs to be right now because too often we see you know in any group of people you're going to see people doing things different than how you would do that And you might even call some of those things sin or wrong. And you might be tempted to say, well, then I need to correct them because they're wrong. And that's one where we need to really step back and go, first of all, is it wrong? Secondly, we need to say, does God want me to deal with that? And do I need to be the one who's challenging or dealing with that thing? And Uh, there needs to be a lot of pause before you step forward on things like that. Because otherwise you're doing what your agenda is, not God's agenda. And that might not be part of building up the body, bringing unity and oneness in that way. Because in the words of my wife, nobody's mature. 
Throw that in there. <laughs> so, that was a famous quarterbacky. Uh, <clears throat> can all right. you give, give some context with that? No, but you can if you want. Uh, I think it's just a kind of a reactive I, thing is recognizing. It is definitely you know, a what, reactive thing. When I get my panties in a wad and somebody doesn't meet my expectations. But I think it's a true it statement. It makes it hard for me to trust that, trust their motives. And so then I, yeah. But I think even at a basic level, that's true. Especially None of leadership. us are perfect yet. None of us are perfect. Yeah. And we got to recognize that, you know, when we get our panties in a wad or somebody disappoints us or doesn't do what we want, is recognize, you know what? Nobody's completely there yet. Yeah, so don't be surprised if right. somebody disappoints you or does something that doesn't quite meet your ex. You check the box that says does not meet expectations. So. Okay, so I don't quite see how you're pulling that from this. Is that, that was just a little tangent, maybe? That was a little tangent, maybe. Okay. So let's get because to the Because what other, I well, wanted to say here then. Okay. Because I don't really want to spend any more time, to be honest, on the rest of this list. Okay. It's, it's self-explanatory. If you have sure. problems with this, do it. Um, I want to go to another pet peeve, um, which is when maybe the leaders of an organization or a church or a group, teachers do this often, which I just hate is see a problem and instead of going to the person that's creating a problem or the people, maybe it's more than one person, and talking to them individually, they speak out to the whole group and uh-huh. hope that the, the baddies are, will catch it. Are we the baddies? But what happens is that then it feels condemning to the whole congregation or to the whole group of people. Oh, yeah. And everybody's wondering, uh-oh, what have I done? Or some, not everybody, mm-hmm. probably... The mature ones actually pay go, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not going to listen to it. But the immature ones, like me, in some situations go, uh-oh, I'm not, I must not be doing something right. And they get over. Just do the work. If you are in a leadership position, do the work of going to people specifically if you see some problems. Or even if you just see, we, you know, places for growth. Maybe they're not problems yet, but places for growth. And talk to them specifically. Again, that makes me wonder with the Ephesians, how big was this group of people that he wrote this letter to? Mm -hmm. And was he writing it to the whole of the group or was he writing it to the leaders or the apostles, prophets, whatever, like to say, this is, this is how you work within this group of people that you have. So it, it just, it helps me. I mean, I had to learn this even, we had to learn this even as parents. We would see something and we had four children and we'd be around the table and, and we, Dan would do this once in a while where he would say to all four children, la, 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 he'd see a problem and he'd say to all four, well, the ones that weren't involved with it would take that in and say, oh, I must be doing this wrong. And it took us a little while to figure out again, you know, these are, <laughs> These are confessions of a mm-hmm. of an old couple here is what you're getting today. <clears throat> Things that we did wrong that we can learn from. Like if there's a problem, go to that one person or two people and, and try to deal with it rather right. than assume that the whole group. Although I got to the point where I would caveat it afterward and say, right, you'd if this does out. not apply to yeah, you, you may ignore my statement. And he, had to, <laughs> he had to coach them in that because you have to coach children in everything. Right. You know what? Let me just throw this in. Go ahead. So, okay. No, go for it. 
I was just going to say, I'm going to read the last couple of verses just so that we can say we read the whole chapter. But I think the last verse is what matters. Okay. You know, because it talks about do not let any unwholesome talk. I mean, this is just a reflection of this is what maturity is. Be Be a grown up. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may be benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed. No, don't be a pain in the butt. <laughs> with whom you were sealed for the day of the re- of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. And then this is the key. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Past tense. So how do we need to live? We need to recognize, all right, I need to forgive things. That's the big part of unity. I need to let some things go. Hmm. So Nothing I can pay any attention to. Let it go. <laughs> so let it snow. I don't know. I'm not up on that song. Let it go. Is let it, it go. Okay, yeah. there we go. So, yeah, hey. that's good. That's good. I mean, um, I think, I think, uh, what the heck's happening? Okay. What's happening? I pushed a button on my phone with my message and then I didn't know what was going on. Um, yeah, that's good. Forgiveness. In, in all of these things, be willing to forgive each other and forgiveness can be, yeah, it can be a sticky wicket. It, it, there, sometimes there are things that entangle forgiveness and there are books and processes to help with that, but yeah. The forgiveness you were be, you were forgiven. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Try not to hold on to things that make you miserable, and and mm-hmm. just talk to God about it. When yeah. something's going on with somebody else, talk to God and listen to Him and know what you know. Be be okay with this. May take a little while for me to get my peace back and be able to see things a little more clearly because when emotions get involved it does muddy your thinking it does dang emotions. muddy your thought you know heads and <clears throat> clarity and it's hard to, sometimes you just need to take a step back or take some time away and be like oh okay increase my capacity God to hear things and know things beyond and don't let just get so consumed with this one thing yeah. and that helps a lot with forgiveness yeah. Yep. That capacity thing. I did a seminar. <clears throat> my my therapist offered a seminar yesterday, um, which was so good because I actually haven't seen her in a few months, and it was good to have a refresher. And one of them that's very impactful is she talks about if you're in the middle of healing or you're in the middle of a trauma or you're in the middle of something, it feels like you're trying to make a fruit bowl out of a cereal bowl and you put an apple in the cereal bowl and that you can't get very much more fruit in the cereal bowl. And so you're pretty consumed with the apple, the apple being the trauma or the thing that you're trying to focus on. But if you can get a bigger bowl and put other fruits in there of joy or love or humor or curiosity or whatever, you're going to have other things. Your apple's still going to be in there, but it's not going to be the focus it's going to be, you're going to have other things in there too that kind of help give perspective to the apple mm-hmm. and the trauma. And you can work with the trauma with a little bit fresher mind and the, the capacity to to be able to manage 
whatever the conflict is yeah. or the thing that is that you're trying to heal from or work through. <coughs> I just love that yeah. picture because it's that's a really good way of thinking about, you know, God has given us abundance. He doesn't take away the apple. Like he doesn't take away the experiences that we've had mm-hmm. that have caused us pain or suffering or trauma or any of that kind of stuff. But he increases our capacity to hold more things that put that into perspective and bring us into a place of better health and better mental stability and better spiritual stability, you know, and have things in there. Mindfulness, of course, is one of the things that, you know, put things in your life that bring you into full into a, a better perspective, put some grapefruits in there and some blueberries and some grapes and some, kiwi fruits you know put some other things in there that are life-giving and sustaining and that will help you then to Mm -hmm. not let satan have a foothold when you're angry you know and you can hold your anger but then hold something beside it too that kind of gives you a little bit just better mm, i'm not gonna use the word balance because i hate that word but just perspective (laughs) you know like b-a-l-a-n-c-e so i i feel like that he started Ephesians by filling the bowl with all these things and now he's starting to pick up fruits yummy yummy and now he's starting to pick up different fruits that maybe need to be addressed but Mm -hmm. you have the capacity already you have you're seated in the heavenly places with Christ you have fullness you've been fully forgiven okay so I'm going to give you the whole bowl first and then we're going to pick out a few of these things that are getting kind of rotten in there and help you get rid of them or or just deal with you know the rotten yeah. things or the ways that we respond to traumas or disbelief or sin and you know, those kinds of things and we're gonna you're gonna get a fresh perspective <coughs> about how god all is. right and we're not done so we're smack in the middle of ephesians there's six chapters and we just hit the middle of it we're smacking the two-thirds so, of our way through yeah so 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 oh, hey, wait, there's more. We need a bigger fruit bowl, so we'll talk about that more. About and mm-hmm. but and we have a bigger fruit bowl. That's the thing. Okay. Like step away every once in a while. Step away and just remember, what do I have? I have all these things, and the more I listen to God, the more I will be able to manage the things that keep me out Ooh. of unity with God and others. Okay, excellent. That's my summary. All right. Well, hey, if you want to talk fruit bowls or life or whatever, I found I'm, I have to apologize. I've been telling people to text me. I found out that my texting through our 800 number is currently broken. So, so you cannot text us. You can call me, but you cannot text me. So what's the number you can be? We, we but can you be can that. do that at 833-85-GRACE or you can email us. And yes, email works at podcast at grace.world and of course you can go to grace.world feel free to subscribe comment Mm -hmm. yeah you can actually comment on the articles there on the articles that's right or if you know us and you may personally our personal numbers we will be happy to text and give you those but hey if you call the 833 number you will actually get me Theoretically. You can leave a, vo- a voicemail if it doesn't, if Dan doesn't buy the something. phone and picks it up. Actually, does it go to your cell phone? Yes, it does. Yeah, so Dan's great at picking up the phone. Don't call me. I'm not good at picking up the phone. <clears throat> I often leave my phone other places of the house and walk around without it. So if you call and miss, I miss your phone call. It's not that I'm 
it's blocking okay. you. It's just usually I'm away from my phone. So wrapping up here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you here. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. Right. We love you. All right, bye. Bye. bye.